0: Hey everyone, I'm Colleen. Welcome to Continue the Conversation. This podcast is an opportunity for us to track along with our Types and Shadows series right here at Healing Place Church as we continue to unpack and explore the teachings from Sunday. If you're hungry for more content and you like this, we would love to encourage you to check out Healing Place College, our evening courses. You can go to healingplacecollege.org, but we're going to get right into it. This is an awesome topic. It's heavy, it's deep, it's going to be amazing to unpack. And so I want to introduce our teachers today. We have Pastor David Ray. What's going
1: on? It's good to be here. Are you excited? Are you ready? I'm pumped.
0: All right. We are excited to continue. And we have Pastor Tanner Schaefer. These guys are amazing teaching pastors, um, evening course teachers. And so we're excited for them as we continue the conversation. We're going to get right into it. The topic for today, it's a deep one. It's Melchizedek as a type of Christ. Yeah. And so actually I wanna take a minute and just make sure if you haven't gotten a chance to read this, we wanna unpack it together. But Genesis 14 verses 17 to 24 and then Hebrews seven, those are our primary texts that we're gonna go through. So if you haven't gotten a chance to read through those, we'd invite you to just pause the podcast for a moment, go ahead and read those texts and then we are gonna pray and unpack it together. Awesome, Awesome, awesome. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for Jesus, for salvation for hope, for eternity. God, we're so grateful for today as we continue the conversation, as we unpack, God, the, all that you've done and all that you're gonna continue to do. God, as our high priest, Lord, we're just so grateful, so honored. Let us learn more about who you are through your word today. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Oh, it's exciting. Yeah. Okay, so Melchizedek. Yes. Did I say that right? That sounds yes. good to me. All right. What, who, who was he? and maybe and maybe give some context where is he found what's his connection to abram
1: yeah well first of all this is so great to have this opportunity and just so excited to be here with you guys yeah it's fun. Uh, but you know it's, let me start with abram because many people know abraham it's a little bit more familiar bible character to us who initially was referred to as Abram and not Abraham. We usually refer to him as Abraham when God changed his name. But in Genesis chapter 12, so the, the book of Genesis, so many things are happening. Yeah. you got the creation, you have the fall of man, you have Cain and Abel, you got the Babel uh, Babylon, the Babel Tower of Babel, you have the flood, you have all these things taking place. Yeah. And then in Genesis chapter 12, God has this encounter with this guy named Abram and he makes these promises to him. He says, I'm going to use you to bring about an entire nation, wow. an entire people group. And and some people know this, but he was 75 years old at the time wow. and Man. he didn't have a child. Yeah. So here God is saying, I'm going to use you for something miraculous. And so he receives this promise. God blesses him. He says, Through you, I'm going to bless all all the peoples of the earth. So this is a massive deal, big, big plan that God has for Abram. So Abram goes about, and he's still waiting for the promise. And we know that anytime God gives a promise, usually there is a time of waiting until it comes to pass. Yeah, that's good. And you think he's referred to as father of the faith, so he held on to the faith. He didn't get everything right all the time, but he held on to the faith, and he kept serving God. Well, a couple chapters go by and we find ourselves in Genesis chapter 14. And it's this interesting text because there's these kings that are fighting against each other. And and Lot, his nephew, is taken and he's taken hostage in his family. Mm -hmm. So then Abram, in this instance, goes and he fights with just a limited amount of people. He goes and fights against five different kings. And God gives him victory and this is where melchizedek enters into the scene this mysterious guy this this person just kind of out of nowhere abram's coming back from the victory mm-hmm. and he runs into melchizedek
0: so this is chapter five, 14, 14. verse 17 okay yes
1: so you can go back and read it he runs into this guy and and it's such an interesting encounter because when he comes into contact with him the first thing is this is that melchizedek the name or it might have been a title yeah means King of righteousness. Oh,
0: that's good. But he's
1: also the king of Salem, and it goes even further. Salem is is the word for peace, right? Tana, yeah. we were talking about that yesterday, yeah. and it's almost like a, it's a place many people think is part of Jerusalem in in the future. Correct? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So really cool, all the symbolism and the connections here. But Melchizedek, he operates in two significant roles. He was a king. And he was also a priest. Yeah. Wow. And in the Old Testament, there's three prominent roles that God would give to people. Yeah. A prophet who would speak to the people on behalf, on behalf of God. He'd speak to the people. A priest who represented the people before God. And then mm. the king who's like the ruler, the governmental ruler. And so it is very rare for somebody in the Old Testament to have multiple roles. You think Samuel was yeah. a prophet and a priest? David kind of honestly operated in all three at one point. Even as a priest, he ate the showbread, and he also wore the ephod that was separated just for the priest. Um, And he also prophesied. But this is so unique that this guy is uh, the king of righteousness, king of peace, and he's from the city of peace, and he's a priest, and he meets Abram. But what happens next is so interesting. Okay. Because when he comes in contact with him, he does a couple things. And Tan, I want you to elaborate on this first one. He he gives him bread and wine. Yeah. And just talk for a second about the significance of that moment of him receiving bread and wine from Melchizedek.
2: Yeah. So bread and wine, those were items of a covenant, food of a covenant. And okay. so here it seems Melchizedek is almost making a covenant. Mm. Fast forward, Jesus, yes. Passover upper room what does he do yep. he takes bread last supper he takes wine he breaks it and he says this is the what the new yes. covenant i'm making oh, a new cool. covenant with y'all that's going to take uh precedent over the old covenant and then i'm going to die and so just a cool kind of shadow it's pointing to I this moment that. at the end where jesus is making a new covenant that's awesome
1: that's so, really so, cool so the first thing is like this meal yeah, it's this. It, he's coming back from the spoils of war and he gives him this second thing is that it says that he blesses Abram. So he blesses him. And if you think back even in the garden when God created male and female, the very first thing God does before he gives them any command, the Bible says that he Blesses them. Wow. Yeah. And then you look at what we just talked about a second ago. We look at Genesis chapter 12, where God says, Through you, Abram, I'm going to bless the whole earth. We'll get into this later, but we know that that's talking about the coming of Jesus, the Savior. Oh, that's yeah. And not just Jews will be saved, but now Gentiles as well. And when he meets Melchizedek, the first thing, the second thing he does to him, gives him food and wine, and then he blesses him, show, showing that that he's superior. Yeah. That and it's hard for us to believe that because it's like man, you think about the Old Testament, if there are four individuals who are like the hall of fame, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the all-stars of the faith in the Old Testament, you have Abraham, mm-hmm. you have Moses, you have David, and you have Elijah representing mm. the prophets. Yeah. And here this guy is blessing Abram. Mm. It's just so powerful. And then in return Abram as he receives the food and wine, as he receives the blessing, he's coming back from the spoils of war. The Bible says that Abram gives him a tenth, yeah, a tithe. Tanner, any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy because obviously he's been blessed. Abram's been blessed. And so he says there has to be a response. Like in mm-hmm. Abram's mind, he feels, hey, I've just have all these spoils. But because of this blessing, because of this encounter, yeah. I've got to give something. That's good. And it really speaks to us as well when it comes to the blessing of salvation what jesus does in our life there is a response that is demanded from us when we realize what christ has done for us you you know go back to bread and wine this covenant when we realize the covenant that christ has made for us There's a response that's necessary Mm -hmm. from us. And so Abraham has, It's he gives, but it's almost like he feels compelled. I need to do this. And we should feel the same way when we understand the weight of what Jesus did for us. I love that. I
0: love that order too. Like the, the covenant, the promise, the covenant, the communion. Yeah. And then that God does that for us first, yeah. Yeah. and we just respond to yep. it. It's not yeah. that Abram first gave a tithe and then God blessed him. Yeah. It's yeah. that God blessed him, for, or Melchizedek yeah. blessed him, yeah. and our responses have have everything. Yeah, And him. you think
1: about it, it, like Jesus sacrificed his life for us, and then we'll get mm. this into this later. But he has blessed us, and we're responding out of a position of being blessed yeah. back yeah. to him, which should be our heart's yeah. desire. Yeah. Well, let me let me share this just real quick. And I know this can get, you know, it's it, it's it's a lot. But there's all these different theories yeah. as oh, as I to who yeah, who is, no, is who was this guy. Well, I'm going to tell guy? you today. <laughs> <laughs> no one's been able to crack the code until this week. I did. I just kidding. But but some people, I'm going to tell you just the theories that exist yeah. and, and and you know, it, people can read and research themselves. But uh, some people have said hey this was this was perhaps an angel who appeared Mm. and then others a a large group of people think well this is the pre-incarnate christ Mm. because he's referred to as being righteous and there's also reference and we'll talk about it later that he has no genealogy talking about his priesthood Mm.
2: in in particular what's it mean to be a Pre-incarnate Christ. What does that mean? Why don't you tell us what it means, Dan? <laughs> I know you know. Well, it, it just means this is before Jesus came obviously See, that is right. Christ, and so there are moments in the Old Testament okay. where it seems a lot of time referred to as the Angel of the Lord, yep. where it seems that it is Jesus coming down before oh, He came as yeah. Jesus through and, Mary. So. And those
1: are called Christophanies.
2: Yes.
0: So oh, wow. a Theophany. These are some big words. Hey, hey. <laughs> Pre-incarnate Christophany. Yeah. Christophany, Christophany
1: okay. or a Theophany is a period. It's a Christ, but Christophany in the case of the Angel of the Lord. That when the angel of the Lord appeared, and the reason why we believe that it was Jesus is because whenever the angel of the Lord, and this is all connected, but whenever the angel of the Lord would appear, if a person worshiped the angel of the Lord, they weren't rebuked. Yeah. And so they were able, the angel of the Lord received worship, which angels don't receive worship. They are givers of worship. And so whenever you see the angel of the Lord and somebody worships the angel of the Lord and they're allowed to, that is a great indicator that this is something or someone rather who's far greater than an angel. Because an angel is a created being. Just like okay. we are. So the first is, is an angel, people think. Second, some people groups can think, hey, it's pre incarnate Christ, no. and Tan, you did a great job explaining <laughs> that. Uh, and, and then the third is that this was just, this was a person. Yeah. This is a real life person. And uh, I, I think that I tend, this is just me, I tend to believe that this was a human being mm. that God had set aside um, because you don't see Abram worshiping. Yeah. Mm. If it was Jesus, I guarantee you. I shouldn't say guarantee, but most likely if it was a Christophany, you can't help but worship. Yeah. Yeah. You come in contact with Jesus. Boom. You're You're down. You're worshiping. And the same thing when you read throughout the Old Testament, even when a messenger angel showed up, the natural inclination is that the people worshiped and they'd stop it. So if it was a person it it creates a lot of questions for us, you know, and yeah. I know we we'll get into yeah. it. Yeah, who was it this? creates some questions, but but the big thing is this it is that if it was a person, this person in this text, and Hebrews says it as well, was seen as greater than Abram. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is significant. He's seen as greater. And then some Jews believe, and I think this is very interesting, that this could have been Shem. Wow. The son of of Noah, wow. the firstborn son of Noah, who was <laughs> wow. the only righteous son of Noah. And you say, there's Wait, no... How?
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. that doesn't work out. <laughs> well, <laughs> Tell it, me the timeline. How does, does it work out? It does work out
1: timeline because Shum, he lived a long time. Okay. <laughs> he, he 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 was kicking some years. So he, he was 100 years old after or during the flood, but the Bible tells us he lives for 500 more wow. years. Oh, yeah. wow. Now, this is for me, this kind of just was like a light bulb moment. And I, who knows? But it does make sense that here he lives in the land of Canaan, around all these wicked Canaanite kings. Mm. Yeah. And this guy is yeah. righteous. Mm-hmm. In fact, his name means king, king of, righteousness. of righteousness. Yeah. And he's the prince that is, he has peace. He's in the city of peace. And then secondly, in regards to him being a person, is that the king of Sodom, when he's there in this conversation as mm-hmm. well, yeah. there seems to be some type of he knows who this he person knows it. is. Yeah. He's yeah. not like, hey, who yeah. are you? Yeah.
0: And that's later in Genesis 14. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: right there, yeah. right in the same section. So, all interesting things that are happening here. Wow. Connections. And I know we're going to get into Hebrews and this connection with Christ, too. But that's just kind of some background of yeah. Abram. That is amazing. Later becoming Abraham, God's covenant with him, him meeting Melchizedek after this great victory, and the three things that took place the bread and the wine, yeah. the blessing. And then also the third thing was him. Uh, Abraham immediately giving him a tithe mm-hmm. and then who he could potentially be so a lot of information there yeah I kind of geek out over it man, man it, this it fires is really, me really
0: cool Genesis 14 that is really unpacking it all thank yeah. you for unpacking yeah. that yeah. I mean now we're gonna get into really this idea of him being a type of yeah. Christ right mm-hmm. uh can you unpack like how is Mel- Melchizedek I can't even that name <laughs> Melchizedek <laughs> Mel. Oh, Mel. a type of Christ but even before you do that could maybe you unpack Tanner like types and shadows for those that, like, what is a type versus a shadow?
2: Yeah. So in the New Testament, right, you see Jesus everywhere. It's all about Jesus, the Gospels, Jesus' life, everything mm-hmm. after pointing to Jesus, about Jesus, the church. So everything before uh, the New Testament, so all of the Old Testament, there have moments that point to Jesus. In fact, I would say all okay. of the Old Testament yeah. points to Jesus. That's everything we so yeah. see. I mean, we're seeing he is, that. He is yeah. the focus. And so uh, the terms that we use are types. And shadows, and so types being a person like Melchizedek, like Joseph, like Abraham, a type of person that points to okay. Jesus, and so they're imperfect, mm-hmm. right? They're they're not uh, a perfect. Joseph had flaws, mm-hmm. right? But his life mirrors the life of Christ.
0: We talked about that with Adam. We talked yeah. about the second Adam. Mm-hmm. So that kind of that would That's be a type, good. a of type Christ. of Christ. Okay.
2: Yes, and of course Adam had his flaws. Yes, um, a shadow is really something an event. Uh, a thing that points to Jesus on the cross. So the Passover is a shadow. Uh, We talked about the bread and wine pointing to the new covenant. It's a shadow of Jesus, a shadow of the cross. That's kind of the difference. Types are people, shadows are things.
0: And we talked about that with the Red Sea. Red Sea was a shadow of salvation. Shadow of salvation, yes.
2: Very cool. And so as Melchizedek, as a type of Christ, in this text, you don't really see it. But fast forward to Psalms and we get a glimpse of it. And then fast forward to Hebrews, because Hebrews 110, 110. Okay. is one verse, and, one verse. And Psalm
1: 110 is one little verse. Yeah,
2: and Hebrews actually quotes that psalm. So yeah. okay. Hebrews chapter 5 quotes it, and he talks about uh, this person will be in the order of Melchizedek. And so let's take a moment to talk about Hebrews. Okay. So what is Hebrews doing? Hebrews is a book written to show that everything in the Old Testament does point to jesus that all the events and especially all the laws and all the roles that god established they all point to and were perfected by jesus and so you got to do a lot of work to talk about that and so one of the things the author of hebrews which we don't know who that is i know people have opinions um has to do i heard
1: pastor johnny knows oh yeah Yeah, we
2: we can ask him on the next podcast (laughs) just just slip that in okay um but one of the things the author has to do is he has to establish that Jesus was the perfect high priest, mm-hmm. and That's That's that is partly really hard because Jesus did not come from the line of Aaron, mm-hmm. right? Jesus came from Judah. He, from Judah. he came yeah. from the line of the king of da- King David. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the priesthood was established through Aaron through the Levites, and so only Levites could be priests. They were they appointed and they came through, and so you've got to tell people that Jesus is our high priest that didn't come from Aaron. So that's a, it's a big thing to have to do um, for the Jewish people who say, okay, well, priests can only come through Aaron. And so what he's going to do is he's going to say, well, he is not a priest in the order of Aaron. Mm -hmm. He's a priest in the order of Melchizedek. And so he goes past Aaron and one of the things he says, and this is why he says, because one uh, Melchizedek didn't have a beginning or an end. Mm-hmm. And so there was not this established line of priesthood with Melchizedek. He just was a priest. And so mm-hmm. Christ comes and he was just established as a priest. And Let me just say interject interjectors real quick there because I think that that line,
1: no beginning and end, mm-hmm. is where people say, okay, this guy's always existed. He he's, he's never has an end. So it has to be Jesus. Mm. So we know Jesus, was he's not created. He's begotten. He comes from the Father. Mm-hmm. But I think, Tan, that what the author of Hebrews is trying to emphasize is that he is saying that he has no genealogical connection. And he couldn't have because Aaron hasn't been hasn't come about yeah. yet. No connection to the line of priests. Yeah. The same way Jesus doesn't have a
2: connection to the line of priests. He has oh, a connection cool. to the line of David. The, yeah, the, the tribe of Judah, but yet he is the ultimate high priest. Yep. Wow. And so he says he's in the line of Melchizedek, no beginning and no end. And then this also does two things. One, we talked about Melchizedek is greater than Abraham. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so if Melchizedek is greater than Abraham, well, then Jesus has to be greater than Abraham and Jesus has to be greater than Aaron. Which is a big deal to say because we know that even when Jesus mentioned things like that or things were mentioned like that around Jesus got him in trouble. Mm -hmm. And so this is a big deal to say, hey, the hall of fame of faith, like we said, Jesus is better and greater than that. And then the line of Aaron, those priests, they had to sacrifice for the people. Right. But they also had to sacrifice for for themselves. themselves. Yes. Yes. And and that's in
0: Hebrews. Seven, right? Is yes, that, yeah. yeah.
2: And so they had to make sacrifices for themselves, even on the Day of Atonement. Yes, which mm-hmm. was Yom
1: Kippur. And I think it's Leviticus chapter sixteen, correct? Yeah. That they would make a sacrifice before they and remember they had the for bells. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bells stopped. Uh oh, pull them out. You had rope to get around right. them. But how they would sacrifice themselves for themselves to cleanse themselves before they went before God on behalf on of the behalf people. Of people. And then yeah. Jesus, you're saying. He was the sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. He didn't have to sacrifice anything for himself because he was the spotless yes. pure Lamb of God.
2: Yeah. And so he's greater than Aaron. He doesn't have the sacrifice for himself. That's and good. then this all ties into that the sacrifice was perfect. Yes. And it was permanent. Ooh. And so this Ooh. sacrifice doesn't have Riteration. to be done again. Wow. It doesn't it's it's full, it's complete, and it finished the job. And yes. again, what is the author of Hebrews trying to say? That Jesus is the perfection of everything. So there's this oh, good, priesthood, man. this sacrificial system mm-hmm. that's been put in place for years. But here comes Jesus on the cross, mm. the perfection of this. And so mm-hmm. it's over. Those systems, the priesthood of Aaron is gone. The sacrificial system wow. is gone. His sacrifice once and forever. It makes me think
0: about um, yeah. like Leviticus is the law, right? And mm-hmm. so I've, I've always heard teachers say, like, if you want to s- understand Leviticus, read it with Hebrews. Yeah. But how Jesus even said, I, I didn't come to abolish the law. Right. I came to perfect to it, to yeah. fulfill it, to mm-hmm. finish it. That yeah.
1: is I've, so And cool. I've always loved, one of my favorite lines is when John the Baptist first, as far as publicly, talks about Jesus. And he says, behold, the Lamb of God. Yeah. And so his first public declaration, is John the mm-hmm. Baptist about him, the one who is like Elijah, he's likened to Elijah, John the Baptist, he's he's pointing to his sacrifice that yep. he's gonna so bring good. about. Mm-hmm. And you said it's finished, it's it's, yeah. it's done. And then Jesus's words on the cross, it is, it is finished. Is finished. Yeah. Man, oh, I got I got so good. I hope you guys are getting it. The veil tore torn, <laughs> is Tor, is come torn on. from top yep. to bottom, oh, the holy of holies,
2: access. Yeah, it, it's oh, just awesome. And, and thinking the priest, what did the priest do? He went to God on your behalf, right? Mm-hmm. And but he had to continually do that because the all sacrificial time. was in place. Well, now because Jesus perfected that, we can go to God all the time. Yes. Like that veil being torn, we have access because He was the greater High Priest, the perfect High Priest, and was able to do it once and for all.
1: Well, what did you say? It was something impermanent. What was the first perfect. thing? Perfect, perfect, perfect,
0: perfect and permanent. Come on, damn come on. Once and for all, forever. That's good. Wow. I love it. so rich. Oh, so, yes. I know it really is. It's yes. so good. <laughs> yes. It's so good. Okay, so I guess next question, yeah, which yeah. we already are getting to. It's so yeah. exciting. What is the significance of Jesus as our priest and king? And yeah. I think you talked about this with Melchizedek. He was unique in that he was a priest,
1: held both office and yeah, a king. Yeah. And
0: we're talking Jesus, the same priest and yeah. And king. And the yeah. What's the too, significance of that? Getting
1: into that is that he fulfilled all the roles. Mm-hmm. The oh, he wow. is the prophet as well. Yep. So he He was the perfection, just like you said earlier, yeah. of all the roles because ah. he is the yeah. sovereign God. Mm-hmm. You know, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And yeah. All things were created by the word. Yeah. So here you have this great picture of this, the perfection mm-hmm. of those three roles that yes. are establishing Good. God's people. I, I love that. What, what was said earlier as far as him as our priest. This is kind of some application. Yeah. That Jesus is praying on our behalf. Yeah. The Bible says at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, how wild is that? That the work has been done, mm-hmm. but in a sense, the, the sacrifice has been yeah. done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice is over. But in a, in a sense, he's still interceding and pressing in and working on our behalf. Yeah. Even in the present. Yeah. yeah. That's so, which good. I'm forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. But I believe God's praying hey, David needs some more help. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. He yeah. needs some more strength. And I do. And I just think that's so amazing. It's not just what he's done in the past. And his sacrifice is finished, but yeah. he's continually yeah. knocking at my door. The Holy Spirit speaking yeah. to me, and he's yeah. seated at the right hand of the Father, a position of authority and power. It's yeah. just so incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. I
0: love that. Can I yeah. just read read this yeah. one read line out of, out of Hebrews 7, because yeah. that's where you're getting it. What, what verse? Um, Hebrews 7, verse 24 and 25. And I just think this is kind of what had me in tears this morning when we were talking through this, but it says, but because Jesus lives forever. Yes. His priesthood lasts forever. Verse 25, therefore he is able once, finished work, mm-hmm. and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with yes. God on so their good. behalf. So, so and so I lo- I just underlined this. I don't need to finish the verse, but 26 says, he's the kind of high priest we need. Yeah. yeah. And I lo- like Gosh, I have a God who is interceding on my behalf. All yeah. that, like on days that I forget yep. to pray or I don't have time to pray or I don't want yeah. to pray, yes. it doesn't. He's not waiting for my prayers to be like, you know, like I think you <laughs> yeah. said, it, like, oh, skip Colleen, she didn't have any prayer requests Like, no, yeah. he's always he's interceding so yeah. on my behalf. Like, he is my high priest, the kind of high priest I need. You know, it's yeah.
1: cool. It just hit me. It's like Jesus, so God, so loved the world, mm-hmm. and we know that. But we also see the intimate connection that he he died for humanity, all yeah. those who had received. But he's also connected personally, because mm-hmm. yeah. when you pray for somebody, it's personalized. Like yeah. I can pray, "Hey Lord, be with, be with the church staff and be with our church." But when I say, "Lord, be with Tanner, yeah, and Amanda and yeah. their family," Colleen and Robert. That's personalized, and that's what he does. He does yeah. the big work yeah. and the personalized so good. intimacy connection. So good. Oh, so I good.
0: It. I read a a devotional yesterday it said God is a personal. He, he has a personal relationship with you and a unique relationship yeah. with you. That's and good. I just love that. Like he knows exactly what you're right. going through, that's just good. for you. Like he yeah. knows every detail of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, it's such a good. Oh, this ben is so rich. Like, we yeah. even talked about. Yeah. Tell us about the
2: And this is for me. This where I think it gets really good, it's already been so good. Um, but you have—we talked about the altar, the prophet, the priest, and the king. And so, coming in the kingdom, the Israelite kingdom, right? God wanted to be their king, right? right? He yeah. wanted to be their king. I'm your king. And so, you had the prophet and the priest kind of the go-between, but he wanted to be king. Mm. Well, the Israelites complained, so, "Well, we want to have a king well, like a everybody else. And so they here comes Saul. Saul, here comes David, yeah. all these things.
0: And that's in Judges, right? The, is that the end of Judges? Yeah, Judges and
2: Samuel, Samuel. Yeah, okay. is What'd when he- all this is established. And so you have really the three roles very defined now mm-hmm. of prophet, priest, king, and this is where it gets. No one is really supposed to operate fully, in, in one three. and there was a king who tried to be a priest and in got three, yeah. yeah he he got uh in trouble like mm-hmm. big time and so uh so but we have this priest king so what what does that mean Jesus our high priest has now reestablished himself back as king mm. right the israelites wanted a physical king jesus comes as prophet while he's on earth the very end he is priest when he makes the sacrifice yes. he serves as priest now but is also our high king he is reestablishing the kingship and it really is reestablished when he comes back yes That's and so he comes back as king, and he mm. he does not come back as it's a, a lamb. lamb. He he <laughs> comes back with a sword, a sword in his hand. and judgment, and and so what's the significance? Well, he's going to come and reign. He's going to reestablish his kingdom as the right king yes. that we will cool. worship. Um, but when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, we have to know him as both priest and king. That's oh, good, Tanner. That's really because good. if you know him as neither you're in a bad spot and you need to know him. <laughs> but if you know him as one or the other, you're also in a bad spot because you yeah. know him just as Not king, balanced. you're yeah. going to be terrified, yep. right? You're going to be so scared of judgment that you can never live up to judgment. Oh, wow. And so you won't ever yeah. be intimate with him. Mm-hmm. If you know him just as priest, well, there is no fear of judgment. Mm. And so you'll get saved and do whatever you want. There is, mm, you, you just great. want yeah. salvation. Really that's great. But priest and king, what you do is, okay, I'm thankful for the sacrifice. Yeah. And then like Abraham... I give my life to you. Yes. That's I serve good. you because so you're good. not just Savior, Priest. You are Lord, Lord, King, That's so good. and so I That's surrender so all.
1: Yeah, and you see that with Abram giving the tithe. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he, he he recognizes his greatness, yeah. and then he. Returns to him, he brings to him what he deserves, and it's it's our relationship with Christ, yeah, man. And it's like, hey, I'm I am beyond thankful, and I must have him as priest, yeah, but I have to submit to him as Lord, yeah, mm-hmm. I just submit good. to him as King, yeah. That means he runs the show, yeah. Yep. That means that my life is not just I'm dictating everything. It's yeah. Lord King what, God, what yeah. do you want, Jesus? That's where do you so want good. my life to go? Yeah. And I'm fully submitted. And I think you're right. I think a, a lot of even Christians, we there is this tension point of I accept his sacrifice. Yeah. But yeah. now, hey, he's given me everything. Yeah. And he owns my life. Yeah. yeah. And I am no longer my, my own. I, I belong to him.
2: I think we do the same thing that Israelites do. We love him as our priest, but we want to make something else our king. Oh, oh wow. So we, Are oh, you preaching today? Tanner, like, this is good. We, we like to find things to be the king of our life. Usually yeah. it's ourself. But it can be it can be money, <laughs> job. Yeah. Can, we that's try true. to establish a kingship yeah. of something else because mm. that's what the world has. And we say, I want everything like the world. And God say, let me be oh, king. Man, that's let so me good. be the king of, really your heart, the of your heart, the Lord of your life. That's
0: really good. I even think about the disciples. That's kind of where they got a little mixed up because they thought he was going to come as king right then yeah, and rule right. and reign right then. Yeah, and, yeah. And Physical right. oppression. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it was like, no, like my kingship, is eternal
2: yeah. and
0: my kingdom is forever yeah. and so it's it, you know just that we can get kind of mixed up sometimes Is like God you you are a forever king mm-hmm. like you're gonna rule and reign forever and for yeah. me
1: this is just I love this kind of stuff learning but then taking this and say okay God I've learned this information we've talked about who Melchizedek was and and, and what happened the three things that took place when we met Abram and about Abram but then it's like okay is there something in my life yeah. that is is operating as Lord yep. that it shouldn't be. Yep. it's mm-hmm. There's that's something good. in my life that's yeah. good. that I need to say, hey, this is what's leading me and it ought not be. Yeah. And really a lot been... of times, it's me. Mm-hmm. I'm leading me and I need to say, God, you're my king. Yeah. You're sovereign. Yeah. You've existed forever. Yep. I'm submitting my life to you. And that's what's so powerful. People can do that every single day.
2: hmm mm-hmm. You know,
1: there might be people that are watching this, listening to this right now that they know the Holy Spirit's convicting them, saying, hey, I want your life to get back on track Yeah. I want you to serve me. I am the priest, I'm the prophet, and I am your king. That's
0: so awesome. I love that. Hey, do you, I mean, I... Just an altar call moment. Do you want to pray for people right now on the podcast if they're listening and they want to be, (laughs) you know, they want Jesus to be their Savior and their Lord? And then we'll close out. I mean, I have so many questions. More (laughs) if if you have questions, more we'll we'll go to that. But why don't you just pray for people who say, you know what, maybe I need him as my Savior, or maybe he's been my Savior, but he hasn't really been my King and my
1: Lord. That's good. Will you just pray for people? Let's pray, Father. We thank you so much for just the power of your Word. Your Word is life to us, Mm -hmm. and we thank you for just the the information we've learned today and and the, the knowledge that we've gained. But Lord, we want our hearts to be transformed, that, that we will make sure by your spirit, by your strength, that you are the king of our life. And Father, maybe right now, there's somebody who you're knocking at the doorframe of their heart and you're saying, hey, allow me to take the reins. Allow me in. I thank you, Jesus, that you're going to save people, even in this moment, Mm-hmm. People's lives are going to be redirected by your sacrifice and by your lordship in Jesus' name. Amen. No. Amen.
0: Wow, that was. Uh, this is right. all. just want Come to continue on. the conversation. Yes. We might
1: just keep talking for an hour. <laughs> I know, who
0: knows. But thank you so much for listening. Thanks for joining in. If you have questions, I know I still have more that are burning. <laughs> so, if you have questions, please feel free to send them in. We're going to do q and A Q&A at the end of this series, at the end of these sessions. But If you could just take a moment and rate and review this podcast on the platform that you're listening to or share this video on YouTube, it's a great way for you to continue the conversation with friends, small group, coworkers. We look forward to hearing and sharing some of your questions and answers in in the Continue the Conversation podcast next time. If you enjoyed it, enjoy content like this, please check out our evening courses at healingplacecollege.org. But thanks so much. Thank you guys. Thanks for joining the conversation today.